0: You're listening to The Bridge, a podcast on stories of courage, resilience, and innovation with me, Linda Fadrizi williams the president of Central Penn College. Welcome to The Bridge podcast. I am your host, Dr. Linda Fedrezia-Williams, the president of Central Penn College. Before I worked in higher education, when I was just 22 years old, I was a morning show radio DJ and producer. I am so excited to bring my two loves of radio and higher education together through this podcast. The bridge focuses on resiliency and courage as I interview influential people in our region. Today's guest is none other than newly re-elected state representative and Cumberland County native Greg Rothman. Greg is a member of the Pennsylvania General Assembly, serving today as the state representative for the 87th House District, which includes the Cumberland County communities of Camp Hill, East Pennsboro, Hampton, and portions of Silver Springs Township. First elected in 2015, Mr. Rothman serves on a variety of committees in the House of Representatives, including Appropriations, Insurance liquor control, transportation, and urban affairs. He is also the deputy whip for the Republican House Caucus, and don't worry, I do ask him to explain what exactly a whip does. Mr. Rothman is a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, where he retired as a staff sergeant after 10 years of service, having served during Operation Desert Storm. His service led the President of the United States to appoint him to the National Veterans Business Development Corporation Board to encourage vets to start entrepreneurial adventures. He is a graduate of the University of Massachusetts Amherst and John Hopkins University. He is the proud father of five children and has served on the board of trustees of a higher education institution in our region. Greg and I will talk about his various roles in the state and what it's like trying to balance a full-time job as a business owner, being a state representative, and being a father. I hope you enjoy the very first podcast of The Bridge. Welcome to The Bridge. I am so excited. This is our first ever podcast and I would love to welcome State Representative Greg Rothman from the 87th District of Pennsylvania. You are our first guest on The Bridge podcast today.
1: Thank you. I'm honored.
0: (laughs) Well, I am thrilled that you're here and I want to welcome you to Central Penn College. This podcast is centered around highlighting influential people in our area and our community, really sharing stories of resiliency and courage, especially during this time of uncertainty. We're living in a really polarized time, and we're not going to talk about the election today. But I do want you to share with our listeners what does it mean to you personally to serve in the General Assembly of our state.
1: Yeah, and and I love the topic of your podcast because life is about being resilient, and life is about courage. And, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You know, it takes courage to run for office. It takes courage to uh, to want to serve, and uh, it's it's a great honor, and it's a great honor to to represent the people in Pennsylvania. But it's it's not easy either. And I'm uh, sure you know I I, I take it so seriously that I want to be a representative, that I want to know that I'm doing what's right for the people of uh, the 87th district in Cumberland County and truly representing them. So um, there's a little bit of pressure that comes with that.
0: Oh, I, I can only imagine. And I'm curious, is this something you always wanted to do? Like when you were a little kid, did you think, I want to serve? Or was there a moment that defined your desire to serve?
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I was inspired by Ronald Reagan in 1980 when he became president. As, I mean, this time of the year in 1980, mm-hmm. I think it was November 4th. And uh, I was 14 years old, 13 years old, and thought, well, wow, that's a, that's a noble calling. But I, I was raised in a family that we were taught to serve and to give back. Okay, but yeah, it was uh, it was Ronald Reagan so in you 1980. Knew
0: pretty young then that that was something that you were interested in.
1: Well, I knew it was important. I knew it was important to what continuing the the America that that we have participatory democracy and that people are involved in the process. Right. So I was always encouraged by my parents and grandparents to be involved in the community and and. Uh, public service too. So
0: that's that's awesome. All right, you have a lot of roles in the House of Representatives, and I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about that. For instance, I know you're something called a deputy whip. Yes. <laughs> and for those of us that are not in politics, we don't know what a whip is or what a deputy whip is. Can you yeah. explain that to us and so, then talk about your other roles? In so committees? The,
1: the the whip in a legislative process is literally someone with a imagine a a, a, a horse whip or a cow yeah, whip or a yeah. bull whip that you would you're trying to whip votes and get uh, members of your own party to vote with or against something oh. that uh, that's being run. So mostly trying to get people to vote for it. Okay. Uh, and so it requires some persuasion and some uh, listening and, well, what's it going to take to get you a yes or why are you not a yes? And it's a lot of counting, too, because if you can get to 103, which is a majority, without... Uh, everyone having to vote yes, you, that's okay. You know, we can say, well, you sure. can vote no. That's all right. We don't need you. So uh, I used to say I should be called a deputy counter because I was doing more counting than women.
0: Understood. Now, did you want to? Is that a job sure. you wanted yeah. to do? Sure, yeah, yeah. So you like that. You like persuading people and interacting with people and...
1: Yeah, I mean, I was in sales for 25 years and I, I love to get people excited about things and I have a lot of enthusiasm for stuff. So if there's an there's a issue that we're trying to vote on, we're trying to get the votes for, the non-controversial ones, that's easy. I yeah, mean, yeah. when it passes 201 to nothing, that's nothing. But to get, you know, to get to 102, that's a whole different story.
0: All right. Well, thank you for explaining that to me. And you also serve on quite a number of committees.
1: Yeah, and uh, some interesting ones too. Appropriations, which appropriations, which does the budget. So that's a very powerful committee, and uh, it's also the hardest committee to be on because it requires a lot of work and you're in hearings and and also a lot of pressure to come up with how we balance the budget. I'll tell you a, f- a funny story about being in the legislature. I know nothing about health care, very little about health care. I, I, uh, I tell people I know everything there is to know about real estate and a lot about baseball, but not much else. So, <laughs> and, so I went to the speaker and I said, hey, um, Penn State Harrisburg's building a new hospital down here off of Wartsville Road. Uh, I've got Geisinger already and then, of course, Pinnacle U- UPMC, right. I, West Shore Hospital. I have three major hospitals in my district, in a suburban district that's unheard of. Sure. I said, I know nothing about health care. I said, please put me on the health committee. So a couple days later, or a week later or so, they announced that Representative Rothman is going to be on the insurance committee. <laughs> and I said, oh, Mr., Mr. Speaker, you made a mistake. I wanted to be on the health committee. He said, no, no, if you want to know about health care, you need to be on oh, the insurance committee.
0: Because okay. it's, not,
1: it's not the services, it's who's paying for the services. Understood. And so, so that was a, that's been a, um, an enlightening. But um, I am learning a lot more about health care, and um, okay. it's, it's such an important issue for, for all of us, especially in the pandemic.
0: Agreed. So, all right. So, those are two important committees that you're. And part then of. transportation,
1: which is uh, the committee I really wanted to be on, because I also knew nothing about transportation. And yet my district has more trucks coming through it than anywhere else in the state. That's right. We have all these distribution centers and the highways, and you can you can see eighty one from here, and that's uh, eighty one and fifteen and eighty three and turnpikes, and there are a lot of trucks coming through central Pennsylvania. So
0: that's really interesting. So instead of just going on the committees where you knew you'd be comfortable. You decided that you wanted to be on committees that you needed to learn more about. That says a lot about your character.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, look, I, I knew nothing about state government either. And so it was, it was pretty easy for me to go there and say I know nothing. And, and uh, I know a lot about business and a lot about entrepreneurial, right, entrepreneur being an entrepreneur. And I know about creating um, jobs. But I don't, didn't know about these other issues. So I thought in order to be a good representative, that would be a good thing to do.
0: Well, we appreciate that because we've come to you with several of those issues and you've helped us navigate that. So we appreciate that. What's the best part about serving in the General Assembly?
1: Well, look, for all the all the pressure and all the criticism, you get a lot of gratitude too. And and mm. uh, when I have someone come up to me and thank me for doing something for them or thank me for, and by the way, it's not me doing anything, it's it's the state doing something. And, and I try to make that clear, you know, that I'm helping you do something that probably should have been done anyway. Um, I just got to be the cheerleader. I just got to be the one who championed it. But uh, helping people is a, and, and fixing something. And, yeah. and we, had a, we had an issue during pandemic that very few people even thought about unless it really affected you, that when they shut down all the churches and all the community rooms, they shut down all the Alcohol, alcohol Anonymous AA mm. meetings. And I got a call from a constituent who said, I need a meeting. Like, oh we're trying to boy. do it virtually. We're trying to do it online. So I called the um, uh, the Wolf administration and I said, look, I'm not going to make a big deal about this, but you got to fix this. And, yeah. and they said, we weren't, that wasn't intended. Um, right. So they put out notice within a couple of days saying churches could have meetings um, for AA and, and NA and... You know, I, that, that made a difference in someone's life. In that's life,
0: That's you know. incredible. Okay. And I want to ask you a follow-up with that, because I'm sure that you get phone calls all the time from constituents that are asking for your help with things. I'm sure, I mean, you ha- we're talking tens of thousands of residents in this area yep. that can call you at any point and say, I need something. And I know, like I said, with the pandemic, we did. We needed help getting our health science students back on campus so that they could take their exams. And you took our call that day day um, how do you how do you manage that personally how do you decide what calls you're going to take how do you balance what you take today versus what you take tomorrow or something that you just guide someone through how do you how do you manage all that i remember
1: life? i remember years ago i had a friend who is a, a public official and i was sitting in a some meeting and someone asked and said well how you how do we know that you're accessible and how do we know you're going to be accessible and he said you got my cell phone number and the guy said yep and he said there you go so uh, my cell phone number is out everywhere and people can call me all the time. And, and look, I was in a business with real estate where I was used to getting calls all hours. And when someone says, I want to see a house, you go show my house, you don't right, say, well, let me right. see when I can fit you in. And right. so generally that's my, you know, that's my personality is to, if there's something to be done, I'll go do it. Um, don't ever say, Hey, get back to me when you have time or, you know, when you have some time, think about yeah. this because it may never happen. But if you say it needs done now, then yeah, I think that's what I'm good at.
0: Well, that's that's really interesting to hear. I'm curious what a day in the life of Greg Rothman looks like. Being a business owner, a father, yeah, <laughs> a state representative. Uh, what is a typical day like for you? And let's just say, like it's a day where there's no pandemic and events are included.
1: Yeah, and it, it's it's my life's changed a little bit because I have a, a two and a half year old, and I I try to make time for her. So mm-hmm. so I can I usually get up pretty early, somewhere between six thirty and seven. Um, I. Try to get uh, some work done at the the real estate office early in the morning my my wife and I like coffee from Starbucks, so I'll pick up Starbucks and I'll either bring it home and we'll spend some time before the kids go to school now that now that the we have a six year old too now that she's in school uh, my wife will take her to school and then we'll meet somewhere and I'll get to spend an hour oh, or nice. so with the two and a half year old so you know, nice. typically from nine to ten and then uh, at that point, go to the Capitol, um, try to get some work done there. If we're in session, there's meetings, and right. we're stuck in the Capitol all day. If not, um, you know, I, I still have constituent meetings, and and then every day at four thirty, I try to go home. And uh, we, and when the weather's nice, we go for a walk. Yeah. During pandemic, uh, we started that. My two and a half year old thought this is the greatest thing in the world. My my wife's home, her mom's home all oh, the time. Yeah. She she was working from home, so uh, she's been a little spoiled of time, but. You know, I have got older kids too, and and um, I try to spend as much time with them as possible. But I couldn't when I was younger and working so hard. And they're a little jealous that the little one gets all that time. But uh, oh. we have different different quality time with the older kids.
0: I I get that, and that's such a hard thing to try to find that kind of balance. And you know, our our students, sixty percent of them have children, yeah. right? So they're putting themselves through school, really going through the same balancing act.
1: Yeah. And then I'll work till ten o'clock at night. I mean, I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of free time. I don't. I don't go to the gym anymore, post pandemic. I don't. I don't. Uh, I really don't watch television. I don't watch movies. I. You don't I, have time to. I read. I read a ton of books in January, um, pre-pandemic. I read five books in the month of January. Wow. G- great books. Thaddeus Stevens book. Simon Cameron book. Some really great history books. Henry Clay book that I got for Christmas. So I read these five books in January, and when pandemic hit, I thought, Wow. I'm going to spend the whole lockdown reading books. And I pulled out a stack of books to read. And you know, I didn't get through it. I got through one book um, sure. in the last seven months because I've been so busy. I wanted to understand coronavirus. I wanted to understand the governor's orders. I wanted right. to understand how uh, it was affecting and, and trends. And, and I'm a math guy. So I was, I, you know, I was studying those yeah. things. And I spent so much time reading, that, uh, reading stuff for my public policy. I didn't get to read any. Biographies, or fiction or autobiographies, which I like to do.
0: Well, it was, it, it, it's been a pretty insane time, so I can understand that. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
2: Today's episode will continue in a moment. But first, did you know that on any given day, 1 in 10 American families face food insecurity? For undergraduate students, the rate is even higher. Two in five of them face food insecurity. When a person or household faces this food insecurity, they lack the financial means to adequately provide food for their family. Central Penn College is working in 2020 to combat hunger. Faculty, staff, students, and alumni have joined together in a powerful campaign to tackle food insecurity in our communities. You can help Central Penn College combat hunger by making a donation at www.givebutter.com slash nightquest. Your donation of $5, $10, or $20 will help us provide families in Central Pennsylvania who are facing food insecurity on top of navigating the COVID-19 pandemic. Join us together, and we can combat hunger.
0: Let me ask you this. What allows you, when when times are this crazy and everything is so polarized, what keeps you hopeful?
1: Well, first of all, I, I have a faith that I believe in God and that um, that that, that he made us and therefore he's not going to abandon us. I have a faith in the people of the United States. I have a faith in, the, in uh, my fellow man, uh, mankind, mm-hmm. um, men and women. I, I, I just think that we will figure out a way to get through it, and we always do. And um, my father used to tell us when we were, we were you know kids, like, big or bad, you know, this too will pass. Right. Both, both good and bad. Don't, you know, the, the highs will you'll come back down, the lows. But, you now, with the exception of, of, of you know, death and, and, you know, just some destruction, we survive and we'll, we always come back stronger. Right. And um, we'll come back stronger as a country from this and as a people from this. And, you know, that's there's some good things that will come out of it.
0: Agreed. That's a great message. So thank yeah. you. Who's your favorite person to work with in the General Assembly?
1: So I, have, my best friend is Steve Kinsey. He's a Democrat from Germantown, Philadelphia. His district is 91% Democrat. <laughs> uh, and Steve and I just have become friends. And we became we have meals together. And I've been to his district. And unfortunately, I've been to several funerals in his district with mm. family members. And he just came to a breakfast I had the other day. Uh, generally, I just love him. And we don't agree on... Many issues at all, sure. But I, 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 just love him as a person, and we've tried to set an example to other legislators. Just gonna that ask that you can have a relationship with someone you don't agree with, and it's funny because we sort of banter back and forth sometimes on the floor, but it's always affectionately, and, and right, always, and, right. and 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 you know, there was an amendment that we were opposing, and I said I'm for it, and someone said, well, why? And I said because it's his. <laughs> I don't because it's Steve's. I don't, you know, it, it, but. But that's, uh, you know, there's some, all the local legislators like Cheryl Delosier and Don Kiefer and Barb Gleim and Senator uh, Kristen Phillips Hill, Seth Grove from York, Mm -hmm. Mike Regan, of course. I mean, we we have a great relationship, our local Cumberland County delegation and central Pennsylvania delegation. We, We all get along well and work well together.
0: So who has been, and you might have just answered this with Steve, but a surprising partner in the last couple of years, maybe it was with policy development or something different that really surprised you?
1: This is a great story. I, I had a friend who got elected to Congress, and we were talking about something one day. He's from Alabama, and, and he said to me, find someone. He was a congressman. And he said, when you get to legislator, find someone you think needs a friend. It, it, from the other side and, and just become their friend. And it wasn't Stephen. It was actually a, an, another state representative named Michael Schlossberg from Allentown. And so Michael was – I would just hold the door for him and say hello to him. And we yeah. actually became – you know, I started taking interest in his life and I was following him on social media. And, and so one day I got a call saying that the, there had been a deal cut and they were going to start taxing warehouses. Hmm. Well, guess what? Warehouses in central Pennsylvania is a huge business. That's right. And this the distribution center that gets us all of our goods and through Amazon and everywhere else. And yeah. it would be devastating on our local economy if we taxed, had a special tax on distribution centers. So I called my staff and I said, well, I'm going to work on stopping this tax. Who else in the legislature has as many warehouses as I do? And they said, well, you got Carlisle, Steve Bloom at the time, mm-hmm. and there's a guy in Allentown named Michael Schlossberg. <laughs> And so, do you know, I called him on a Sunday afternoon. I remember where I was standing in my driveway, called him, and he answered the phone. And because he trusted me, because of our personal relationship, right. we don't agree on many policies, but he at least could take my call, and I said, I said Mike, this is going to hurt your district, too, because you have all these distributors. He right. said, oh, yeah, I know I do. What, what? So he and I together worked on stopping this tax, and our leader at the time, Dave Reed, who wasn't happy with me because they had made a deal. Announces in caucus. Well, you guys can all uh, pat yourself on the back. You gave Michael Schlossberg a, a, a victory because he killed this tax, and uh, oh. everybody looked at me and smiled because we knew. But you know, had I not developed that relationship right. with him, when I tried to call him, he'd say, first, if he even took my call, say, well, I don't trust you. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not. Right. I, don't, I don't believe you.' So it, that's why you develop relationships, not not so you can get someone to do something they, they don't want to do or they shouldn't do. But he should have supported this, or he should have helped help fight this tax. So it was good for his district.
0: So much comes back to relationships and forming relationships with people, genuinely getting to know them, listening to them. Um, I just want to complete this segment by asking you about your relationship with little kids and going to to their schools. My, my son, Luke, who's 10 years old when he found out that we were meeting, said, oh, I, uh, I know Greg Rothman. He's a pretty cool guy. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> how, how do you know him? And he told me you came to their school and you talked to them about what it's like to be a state representative. How do you make connections with little ones so early and why is that important to you?
1: Well, Charlie Tremendous Jones, who you've got yeah, some buildings our named, library after, is here, named and, after him. Uh, told me, you can't kid kids. So be genuine with kids, and so that's what I am. And Charlie got me teaching Sunday school to fourth graders when I didn't even know what I was talking about to teach Sunday school. Oh, that's but that's great. Um, I love kids, and I love their optimism, and I love their, like, they, they want to learn. They want to know. And, and I want to be the politician that they say, I met a good politician. I met someone who inspired me to be because, you know, everyone else is so cynical about politicians. Right. You know, politician comes from the word politics, Charlie told me, comes from the word poly, it's Latin for many, and tick, which is yeah. a blood-sucking insect.
0: <laughs> oh, no!
1: <laughs> that was a Charlie tremendous Jones line.
0: Oh, isn't that funny? All right, well, thank you so much for talking to us about the General Assembly. Um, we can't wait to come back and hear more about your experience in the Marine Corps and some parenting advice maybe that you could give us. Thank you. We'll be right back. Make sure you tune in next week for the conclusion of my interview with State Representative Greg Rothman.
2: Thank you for listening to The Bridge Podcast. Did you know that Central Penn College is a career-focused college offering professional certifications as well as degrees in high-demand occupations? That's right. Central Penn College offers associates, bachelor's, and master's degrees in a variety of programs targeted to land you that promotion or new career path post-graduation. And get this, 90.6% of recent graduates report working in their field of study or continuing their education within one year of graduation. 90.6%. To learn more about Central Penn College and our career-focused programs, visit us online at www.centralpen.edu. That brings us to the end of this week's episode of The Bridge Podcast. Join us on the next episode where we continue our interview with Pennsylvania State Representative Greg Rothman.